Hey there, welcome back to Brass Tacks, our video series on our toughest challenges for moving from ideas to action. I'm Nicola Chin, founder of Up With Community, a practice for connecting into our personal power for change. And I am here today with a very good friend and a mentor and a colleague and just someone who makes me feel immense community here in Maine, Kathy Kidman, who uh, is a consultant like me in the world. Uh, and we're here to talk about a question that's really been weighing on my heart. What do we do when parts of ourselves scare us or others? But before we get into that, Kathy, tell us a little bit about what you do in the world. Sure. Uh, I am an organizational development consultant, yeah. and I work mostly with nonprofits and help them move through thorny cultural change. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I do some more exciting things than that, I think, <laughs> um, because I get to work with you. Um, but that's really the bulk of it, is helping, cool. helping organizations figure out who they really want to be. Yeah. Great, 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 great. And, you know, it's that work that brought us together, but I've gotten so much out of our conversations over the years. And you're often the person I call when I'm like tired or crying or scared about something. And recently, one of the things came up was I got this feedback in my work yeah. that I was intimidating and scaring someone. And I got why. Uh, you know, that's been kind of a story of my personality since I was four years old. And you could see my baby pictures my sister looks like an, a cherubic angel and I'm in the picture like, like I've always just been like very forward. Yeah. And when I got this feedback again, you know, it made me sad. And I called you up and I said, you know, Kathy, can you talk to me about what happens when parts of ourselves scare or intimidate others? And then you have this really lovely flip of the question, which really resonated with me, mm -hmm. which is how do we manage when the beautiful and complex parts of ourselves scare us? Right. And I was like, ooh, a good question. So I just wanted to come to hear some of your thoughts about it. Wow. I um, I was thinking about this in, in terms of two things. So often when I get that feedback that uh, I've been too direct, I've been um, scary or intimidating, um, I want to shrink and take that in. Yeah. And um, recently I was asked to speak on a panel for women about how do we take care of ourselves in this um, crazy messed up world. And I approached that whole conversation from this idea that I was not going to talk about uh, going to a spa. Mm -hmm. Like that was not, that is not how we take care of ourselves. That's a nice thing to do. <laughs> but how we take care of ourselves in this crazy active world is, uh, is to name the systemic oppressions. Mm -hmm. So this uh, patriarchal, systemic sexism, uh, this racism, this classism, it is perfectly built for me to feel like crap about myself. I always forget that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it is also perfectly built for me to keep, uh, to keep quiet, mm -hmm. to not be direct. Uh, and when, so when I show up as a uh, lesbian in, uh, and a direct woman, uh, you know, I have some white privilege, but when I show up and I uh, am assertive and direct, I get this, you're intimidating. Mm -hmm. But I just watched, you know, a guy not get that same feedback. So the first thing I have to do is to check in with myself about um, uh, where, where is it, you know, for, mm -hmm. you know, kind of an accurate assessment. Um, and 
and it's come after years of um, years of quieting myself because I'm a lesbian in this world doing work and getting up in the morning and showing up in the work world as an out lesbian was scary for people. But I scared myself too, because I wasn't used to that. I didn't grow up thinking, oh, when I grow up, I'm going to be an out lesbian professional in the work world. And advocate and, and be advocate, out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And scare people. Yeah. Like that's, oh, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think about, I think about how that, uh, how the external uh, heterosexism has impacted my internal uh, ability to show up in the world. I love what you said about do that first accurate assessment Mm -hmm. because I've definitely had moments where the assessment went one or the other way. Mm -hmm. You know, like in January, I was talking to a really great colleague, Chris, about a bunch of stuff that was happening in family and life. And, and a lot of it revolved around actually what it means to be a female bodied person in this world. Mm. And I was kind of taking it all on myself and he was like, Hey, patriarchy. I was like, all right. And it was this wonderful releasing moment. And I had a different experience, like maybe 18 months ago, where I had a really good friend call me and it was, there was a rainstorm going on. It was like very dramatic in the middle of this rainstorm. She called me and she was like, you know, you're having this impact on people that I think is unintended. Mm-hmm. And it was in the scaring, intimidating side. Yeah. And like, it feels like it's a little bit about what's going on for you. Yes. And she said, it hurts so hard to say this to you. Yeah. And I was like, and I need to hear it. Mm-hmm. Because I realized I had been depressed and exhausted. Right. And I was throwing out some scary energy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so hard to tell the difference. Yeah, well, that's why you call people up. Yeah, right? And you need <laughs> friends. You need friends. That's why we do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is to check, you yeah. know, to check, uh, check our thinking. Yeah. You know, and check our behaviors. And um, So there are times that I show up and I am uh, scary for people. Um, and, um, and I have to have that same kind of talk, but the first place is to go back to that accurate assessment because mm-hmm. all roads are designed for me to feel crap, like crap. Yeah. So, uh, I have to just figure out how to make a pathway. Yeah. Um, hmm. and something I know you do in the world is help people see themselves more clearly. Hmm. And I experience you as someone who like is committed to seeing yourself clearly. Are there practices or anything like if you think about what helps you mm. help others do that or do that for yourself like what are some of those things that give you those clear mm. eyes well that accurate assessment thing um well so getting quiet you know mm. in the morning like trying to make sure i do a little bit of morning meditation yeah, yeah, yeah. uh and to quiet what is the anxiety that it is running through my day um because I wake up in the morning with anxiety. So how Me too. Right? And there's a lot of factors for why. Yeah. So uh, so just that practice of kind of checking in um, helps. I think um, my favorite definition of humility is, um, which I'm not, but um, <laughs> this is the accurate assessment of who and what we really are. And so, um, so when I think about it that way, uh, I, it, it makes me be a little more this is not going to sound like a good word, but ruthless mm-hmm. about um, <clears throat> am I really as bad as I think I am or am I really as good as I think I am? You know, like what is really accurate so that I can operate from this uh, more authentic, humble place. And so when I do that on a daily basis, 
I'm a little more grounded. Um, but I think uh, I think it really is about the things you were talking about. You have to get sleep. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to take us to the spa again. No, 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 but this isn't spa. I'm going no, back to the spa. No, right? yeah. I think this is, um, I think this is yeah. radical self-care, mm -hmm. you know, that, um, yeah. that, and it's not optional. Yeah. Um, you know, the other, the other topic that you had mentioned about us possibly talking about was the slow pace of our work, yeah. right? This five that, you know, when, when things change, maybe 5%, which I think actually was a high number <laughs> at the time, right? Um, so, uh, it's the same thing. Like, you know, like I can get as scared about change and the things I can make happen in the world. And as I can get depressed about mm. the things I can't make happen. And both of them require radical self-care mm. to stay balanced, you know, an accurate assessment. Yeah. You know, before we go to the spa, I want to talk about this definition of humility because it was really resonating with me. I realized that for so long, I had this internal voice in my head that was so hard on myself. Mm -hmm that I had fallen into the opposite trap of I couldn't say I ever did anything wrong because the moment I did, I said I did something wrong, mm -hmm. I slid down a sand hill into self-hatred right. and self-flagellation. Right. And so as I was trying to get rid of the self-flagellation voice, I really had to hear some feedback and I really wasn't owning my stuff, mm -hmm. right? And the stuff that I was owning wasn't the stuff people really needed me to own. And, you know, and when somebody pointed out to me, like, hey, you're not really good at saying sorry, like real sorries. I was like, oof. Mm -hmm. And that might actually be true because a real sorry isn't self-flagellation. Right. Right. And um, and it was in being able to both stop that and be able to have a little courage to look at the clear eyed thing. I think it's only in the last six months that I've been able to say you didn't do that to up to par. Hmm. and it's okay, and here's what we're going to learn from it. But I just think that's something new. And so that, that dynamic of that accurate assessment, I just wanted to share how much of a journey that can be yeah. to get to that. But let's talk about the spa, because one of the ways that I've been trying to differentiate spa from, like, radical self-care mm -hmm. is am I actually processing any emotions without effort? So there's active processing emotions, like when I go to therapy. Yeah. That's, like, a thing, Right. But what happened, what, you know, especially after my son Rajan was born, you know, Ben gave me a lot of time, to, you know, watching the kids so that I could go out. And I was like going out with friends and I was watching Netflix. I'm eating chocolate. I'm getting wine. And he was like, you still seem exactly as angry and exhausted now <laughs> as you did six months ago. Awesome. Right. And it was so true. <laughs> and, and it was like, oh, right. Because those are self-care things right. that in my geography aren't actually processing any of my emotions. Yeah. I just... Uh, binged uh, my two hours of Madam Sex. Oh! Right? Right? Is that Taylor Leone? That's Taylor Leone and <coughs> Daily, and I'm yeah. just honoring the bye within. Right, right, right. So, right. You know, for 22 hours, over maybe four days that are, yeah. three days that are, you know, work days. Yeah. Right? Like, so yeah. I'm not really sure what's going on, but I know yeah. when I, uh, when it starts to not feel good, right? Yeah. You gotta stop. You just gotta stop. Yeah. Yeah, and what I've had Tim Daly. Yeah. Right. And what I've been saying is like what I have to do is figure out for my geography, mm -hmm. what are the self-care things that actually allow emotions out? Yes. And what don't? Yeah. Right? Right. And that's not the same thing for everybody. So yeah. So for me it's the meditation. Yeah. It is yoga. Yeah. It is, you know, stuff that I feel like uh sounds very middle class, you know, but um I walk my dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, who's 
panting over here, yeah. sort of here. <laughs> um, in the in the land trust locally. Yeah. Uh, I try to make a walk with friends yeah. or sometimes talk with friends on the phone. Yeah. I try each day to talk to a good friend. Yeah. I try to spend some time with my partner yeah. and to pay attention to how healthy that relationship is. And so, you know, it's like paying attention to the things that feed me um, and try to, keep, you know, stay a little grounded. And I find when I'm processing my emotions, I can get to those accurate assessments better. Yeah, because your emotions aren't going to kill you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you are so kill you. They're just not. Woo, but sometimes know? it feels like it. They totally feel like it. But, you know, mm. so I always, you know, I tell people all the time, feelings are 100% okay. Mm. It's behaviors that are negotiable, mm. right? Like, just because I have these feelings doesn't mean I have to behave on them in a certain way. Mm. Um, and I have really, I have found that I can sob my brains out in a puddle, like a fetal mm. position, and I'm going to be okay on the other mm. side. That mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to break because yeah. there's nothing broken here. Yeah, and I think that takes us full circle back to, you know, when we're doing that accurate assessment and we're hearing that feedback of like you're scary or you're intimidating. Yeah. It's like the starting point is you're not broken. If you right. believe you're broken, that feedback is incredibly scary, right? Because it might mean you're actually broken. But if you're not broken, you can hear as like, well, that's how I landed, right? And I think the other thing that goes along with this is the broken piece is the perfectionist piece, right? So, oh, I don't know anything about that. Right. I don't know what you're talking about, Kathy. Right. Yeah, no, nothing like that. Everybody's like, we know you need <laughs> It's about being human. Yeah. So when I get feedback, what I what I always come up against is the, oh, this means I wasn't perfect. And it, you know, uh, and that I'm a little broken and that I wasn't, and that it's not okay to be human. Yeah. Uh, so I've got really... Um, Hi, George might make it in here. George wants to come. Um, uh, I have a, a friend who talks about the spirituality of mediocrity. <coughs> yeah. and, uh, and it's not about being mediocre. It, it is about what you were saying. I think I did a good enough job here. You know, mm-hmm. I think I did. I think I didn't have to do it. It doesn't have to be this high stakes, high bar all the time. Because no one can, we can't, that's not sustainable, right? Um, so, uh, so I often ask myself, was it good enough? Hashtag good enough. Um, <coughs> yes, it was. Right. Did we get the change we wanted? Yes, we did. So. Well, as the allergies get the best of me, I'm going to bring us to a wrap. Okay. Where can people find you? Um, at my <coughs> little placeholder website, kathykidman.com. Great. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Kathy. You're welcome to go. I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our supporters on Patreon and PayPal. The work that we do is centered around collaboration and community. So whether it's creating media like this or expanding our online field guide, your support makes that happen. Thanks so much. If you'd like to support us, visit upwithcommunity.org forward slash support.